Hello, podcast listener. This is Marin Lauka, the owner of Yesand and your alignment coach, here to guide you to greater authentic alignment in your career, your relationship, and your lifestyle so that you can experience true success. What you are about to listen to is a replay of my weekly spark, which is a live video, a mini workshop training that I do every single Tuesday. You can always catch the video version on YouTube or Instagram. Otherwise, enjoy listening to the audio and I will see you again next week. Thank you again for joining. We're going to jump on in and talk about marketing psychology and really what the big picture of today is. Uh, we want to look at you know, how can we understand ourselves and understand the companies that we're working with, uh, the companies we might be mentoring, advising, uh, and uh, the, the companies we're leading. How can we understand psychology uh, as a positive force, uh, you know, supplemental to our, our leadership ability and, and take a, a look internally uh, to ourselves and to our team uh, to extract and apply uh, some psychological principles and, and tactics in, um, in practice. From there, we're, we're going to take the internal approach and, uh, and bring it out to looking at a, a customer base, looking at a target audience. How can we best understand our audience, use principles of psychology to better our business and better the good we're bringing to the world uh, through our, our company's value? So we got a, a, some great panelists that are joining us from both a, an internal perspective and an external perspective. Uh, we're going to give a little intro for each of our panelists, and they're going to share uh, a little overview of, of their professional background and what it is they're doing nowadays. And I'm super excited to introduce Marin Laka. Marin runs, uh, and she's the owner of a, a consultancy called Yes And. Marin is a St. Thomas grad as well, so we have some cool Tommy representatives uh, on our board. Um, Marin, would you like to share a little bit more about uh, what you're up to, what life coach consultancy looks like, uh, and some of your, your background in, in psychology? Yes, I'm very happy to be here. I'm very happy to be around St. Thomas uh, students and alumni. So I graduated with my bachelor's degree in psychology from St. Thomas and then went on to pursue my PhD, which turned into just leaving with a master's, being content there uh, at Claremont Graduate University. And my master's degree is in positive developmental psychology. And why I chose to leave with that master's is because I got really interested when I started digging into the research in the application of that research. And that's what, uh, in a combination of other things, led me to coaching, the coaching world. And that is what YesAnd is. YesAnd is all about coaching professionals and the high achieving rule followers to define, to maybe take a step back for the first time ever and say, what is your version of success? What does that actually look like? And then helping you to align your life and your career with your own definition rather than following maybe the prescriptive path that you've been on thus far. Um, so I, I absolutely love what I do and what I think is amazing about this panel uh, specifically and, and how psychology ties into it is that positive psychology specifically is not only what I utilize in my coaching practice, in my workshops and in working with clients, but also I utilize uh, all the tenets and practices of positive psychology myself as a business owner and CEO to make sure that I really show up to my work every day with uh, a positive lens, which doesn't just mean the positive emotions, the full reign, but being, being able to be my best self and really show up in the most profound way that I can to serve my clients and, and, and everyone that I work with. Yeah, excellent. We're, we're excited to jump in. Marin brings a, a great perspective around um, burnout, right? How, how can we continue bringing good and you know, being incredibly dedicated and committed as 
so many of us in the, the audience are. How can we keep doing that uh, in a wholesome and, and healthy way that's sustainable? Uh, and it's really, really going to be exciting. So we're, we're super excited to have uh, Marin here. And Marin, I know that you've done uh, some significant time in, in study and research around positive developmental psychology. And I know that that's, uh, you know, we, we can extract our own interpretations of that. Uh, but Marin, could you walk us through what does uh, positive developmental psychology mean? And how does that apply into the workspace? Yeah, so positive developmental psychology, I was really lucky in my graduate studies to work with uh, Mihai Csikszentmihalyi, which is, uh, some of you may know him from Flow, and uh, he's one of the original founders of, of the positive psychology movement. And in working with him and what uh, kind of the founders have decided is that if they could, they'd go back and change the name so that it's not positive psychology. Um, because when we think positive psychology, especially I think in Western culture and in America, we think of like happiness and outward um, you know, joy and exuberance. And in fact, positive psychology is the study of well-being. And well-being includes the labeled negative and the labeled positive emotions and experiences well-being includes all of it. It's all about riding the waves. And so positive developmental psychology is how can we be with everything that happens in life in a way that continues our well-being and fosters us to flourish. When things go right, what are the, what are the practices in place? What are the elements in place? And then how can we enhance that while knowing that things going right doesn't mean the elimination of any of the negative experiences or negative emotions. It means being able to be with them in a productive, efficient, uh, well way. I think that that's, that's super rich because um, it's hard, you know, at times to avoid that this is negative or this is not good. You know, this is a definitely a huge hiccup. Positivity plays a role for sure. Um, I think that, uh, I, you know, would agree with that and it, it is encouraging, you know, it's okay when it's not okay uh, mm -hmm. in some situations. Uh, Maren, can you uh, share a little bit more about, um, about yes and tell us a little bit um, about starting uh, starting that out and, you know, um, expand a little bit with uh, the well-being approach to, uh, to business. Sure. Yeah. So in my intro, I shared who I work with, which are these, and, and who I work with is very much, I think of like myself and, or my historic self of like the high achiever, the go-getter, the rule follower. And where that likely leads my clients is to a place that's objectively successful but still something about it doesn't feel successful. And if something doesn't feel successful or feel right, um, what I found is that it's likely because we haven't had the space or the awareness um, or just the, the practices or support to go in and say, what is it that we want? And for some of my clients, that looks like drastic changes, like starting their own business or leaving a career or moving to Norway. One of my clients is about to do that. Um, and for some of my clients, it's staying in the same, you know, staying in the same exact role, um, you know, not leaving any relationships or doing anything drastic. But for instance, uh, tying into what I just spoke to, one of my clients right now, the past few sessions we've worked on how like her whole belief change and perception change of negative emotion or even conflict within relationship or work isn't bad necessarily right it's it's that there are many options to be with that and that right rather than saying it's bad it's just more information more data to utilize to make decisions and to make these decisions from a place of empowerment and a place of authenticity which I find to be maybe an overused word right now, um, but from a place of, of alignment with our own values and our own desires and our own goals and our own fears um, as well. And speaking to all of that, what I really enjoyed from the conversation that David and Emily were bringing up is that I'm right now a solopreneur. I have, you know, I work with 
hire some contractors, but I, I, for the most part, it's me and myself. And although that might sometimes feel simpler, or if there's anyone in the audience who is an entrepreneur, solopreneur, um, I find with myself and my clients is that rather than managing a team of other people, I'm managing the team that's going on inside my own head. <laughs> and so those very traits <laughs> yeah. that you're taking into organizations, I'm taking that into myself of whenever I'm about to take a risk or whenever I'm about to put myself out there, it's me kind of sitting down at my uh, metaphorical boardroom with you know my fear voice and my excited voice and my kid voice and all these different parts of me um, that make up yes and even though it's just me at the head uh, and it I can use some of those same uh, management techniques and same techniques that we use in organizational psychology for instance um, with my clients and myself thinking of all the little caricatures <laughs> that are within us that uh, navigate our decisions, whether it's subconsciously or consciously. Mm. That's awesome. Yeah. Thinking about that approach for, you know, your internal board. And I, I had the picture of inside out the cartoon, yes. right? <laughs> you know, the little characters that are, um, that are buzzing around up there. Um, and to go on that point, I think it, it obviously is super important to um, know where you're coming from into situations, right. And, and know the emotions you're coming uh, and, and bringing in. Um, can you, uh, and this is for our whole panel as well, but um, would you guys mind sharing some, uh, some pointed tips to like, how do you stay in tune with yourself? It's easy to, um, my wife works in special education as a behavioral analyst and uh, with emotional behavior disorders. She talks about an executive state and an emotional state um, of your mind where uh, you want to be in your executive state for decision-making, but it's easy to be in our uh, emotional state. And talking about that tension, um, I, I'd love to hear, uh, what would you guys say, uh, what are helpful things for leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs um, to be doing on, on checking where we're at and, and what we're bringing into conversations? I, of course, am a little biased. <laughs> um, but what I've seen and what I hear time and time again from those that I look up to and that I work with is having a support system, which for me has been a coach, always in my corner. I really think um, I shared with the panelists before before any attendees joined that I've, I've navigated COVID in a way that I'm really proud of. And I think I've been able to do that because I've had from the get-go a coach and thus a developing foundation internally for me who's running my business that's really solid. Um, and I still have a coach and I foresee always having a coach, which, which is just to say, and, and maybe, you know, maybe you like, um, a community more. So you're working with a mastermind or maybe you're, you know, always doing continuing education or something to keep you going um, and developing. But what I found really unique about coaching specifically is I've never before experienced such high touch um, views and awareness specifically to Jake, what you just brought up of me knowing myself. I can take a course and learn something new, but that's still putting it externally and outward rather than what I experienced with my coaches is going in and really illuminating those shadows, illuminating all those characters, illuminating all um, the self-sabotaging things, as well as the skills and the talents that I have that I want to bring out even more. Um, having that one-on-one -on -one space, whatever that looks like for you, I found to be by far the most powerful and the best way for me to to navigate and to have that foundation from the get-go so that I can continue to show up for myself and my clients in the most powerful way. Mm. Well, I think I'd say I like all of that. 
I think um, one thing Maren has that I'm quite jealous of is that she mentioned she studied under a guy called Csikszentmihalyi, who's got one of the hardest names to spell <laughs> and is one of the greatest psychologists in this area in the world. So I'm quite jealous of that. He was he's With, outstanding. <laughs> yes. <he's>, yes. <laughs> I think I've read all of his books. They're wonderful. <laughs> I was just going to add on top of that, that I've heard it said that uh, coach, coaching collapses time. And uh, sometimes that can be like, what I often say is I'm the guide. I, I don't know your life better than you know your life. Um, but I have the questions and the tools to help reflect for you and really dig under what's, what's actually going on. But um, speaking to what, what your father told you, David, is uh, sometimes people are like, well, why would I pay you if I already know these answers? And my answer <laughs> to that is, well, are you following through with those answers? Um, do you really see those answers? Do you want to know those answers now? Or do you want to know those answers in 10 years once you've already you know, gone down a career path that maybe isn't, isn't as great or whatever else it looks like externally? I think that idea of coaching collapses time is fantastic. And you probably saw me writing it down as you're yes. speaking. <laughs> I'm going to use that. Yes. yes. This is great. Our, uh, for all of our guests, this has been really us uh, on the panel getting to take notes for, from each other here. <laughs> um, but I have one more question on this topic of you know, looking internally, understanding ourselves, our company, our leadership roles. Um, before we look externally, um, you know, what does this look like um, in operating our businesses? Uh, and, and the questions for, um, for all of our panel, and it's from, uh, from Lois in the audience, um, it's great to be valuing our strengths and you know, the, the running in our lane, so to speak. Um, how do we deal with weaknesses uh, and weaknesses that uh, can characterize as problems? Um, in, in consistent situations. Uh, what feedback would you guys have for um, ourselves and for leading companies uh, to deal with our weaknesses? This is a slightly different perspective, but I, I love those, those two examples. And I think, um, of course, your strengths are in actually having teams, right? Like other human beings <laughs> and how to, how to deal with weaknesses in that situation. Something I also do, um, again, individually as, as a CEO, as a business owner, but also with my clients. When weaknesses come up, I feel like there's, there's absolutely a time to, to stop, to delegate, to say, you know, this, this is my weakness. I, it's not efficient for me to do this. It's not best for the team or for the business for me to do this. Um, and I think there are some times when we can dig under the weaknesses, dig under the roadblocks or the fears that are coming up. Um, so I'll share a personal example of historically, I've been really afraid of um, taking risk, especially financial risk, because the, what's under it is that I really desire safety and feeling safe. And had I just labeled myself as I'm scared to take financial risk, that would have limited so much. I mean, as a business owner, that would have limited everything. Um, I wouldn't have been able to start my own business. But because I was able to work through and, and get under what's going on there, what I do now whenever I feel that limitation, that weakness, is I stand in, oh, I feel very safe right now. And maybe, you know, pull in some extra things that make me feel extra safe if I'm in a place of risk. But I think that element of also digging under the weakness and what is that actually illuminating, oftentimes it speaks to our values or you know, different things just to keep in check so that we don't let those completely limit us um, from what we're capable of. Mm. Yeah, that's, I think that that's a, a very valuable point that um, transitions us and you know, how we look at risk. And you, we might hear stories of 
you must have been crazy to start a company in a you know in the economy like today or 2008 or 2000 right uh and historically we've actually seen uh, you know five of the biggest companies in the united states come out of those recessions apple and, and microsoft were 76 and um, 1977. We saw 1999 Alphabet uh, start. In 2000, we saw Amazon start. And in 2008, we saw companies like Airbnb pop up. And I'm really excited to see where that, uh, where entrepreneurs rise to the occasion now. And one of the ways that um, I, I heard from those stories and examples, um, it isn't as risky uh, as, as we might think or, or, or believe it to be. Um, Marin, you're a great example of betting on yourself, right? Betting on the, the safety of yourself and, and running to, to execute that way. Emily and, and David and, and starting your companies too. Um, I'd like to transition some of, the, some of that value and, you know, knowing your strengths internally and the strengths of your team that builds the, the safety and, and mitigates your risk um, for starting something or taking a new avenue on. Um, translating that to the marketplace now and looking at, being confident in the value that you're, you're bringing, um, you know, the, the specific marketplace you're, you're serving. Uh, and I'd like to uh, specifically ask um, if you guys could talk a bit towards uh, how do you transfer these out to, you know, staying in our lane from a marketing perspective with the, the value that you're bringing, right? Trying to uh, avoid being all things to all people. Uh, what are some of the important things to, uh, to understand about staying in your lane for the value your company's bringing and the people uh, not necessarily the businesses or clients, but but the people that are behind uh, your customer base. Yeah, Emily, that last statement you said, if you feel good about it, I feel like that's one of, that's one of, obviously you can tell from what I've said today, one of my core tenants, both in how I help my clients and also myself. And what I think of um, a phrase that I often live by is like, what's best for you is what's best for me, or what's best for me is what's best for everyone else. And with that idea, I think, staying in my lane and also, you know, helping, helping people who come to my door. Um, I think a great example of this is recently I had a huge uptick in people looking for coaching services because of COVID-19. Um, and at the same time, a lot of people were asking um, if there's a more financially friendly option because of COVID-19. And what didn't, you know, one option, but what didn't feel good for me is to discount my services um, and suddenly have so many clients on my plate. And then actually I couldn't serve them. So even though I was technically doing what they were asking of me, um, I wasn't going to be my best self and thus they weren't going to get the service, the value that they deserve and that they were asking for. And so instead what I did is I, you know, gave myself some space and, you know, looked at what was being asked and then circled back to what feels good for me to approach this problem and this challenge in front of me. And for me, that was creating a free weekly group call, which I do every Tuesday night now and has been amazing. It feels great for me. It's free. So the financially friendly, um, but it's a group. It's everyone who had been coming to me all in one place rather than me, you know, spreading myself way too thin. So I can show up with so much value for them, but with boundaries. Um, and I think sometimes entrepreneurs or when we're just getting started and it's like taking any work that comes to our door, we can fall into that trap of spreading ourselves too thin. And um, I think that's quite dangerous. Not only that, again, we might not be giving the value that's being asked and that's, um, you know, will lessen our value in the long term, 
But also then we get burned out as entrepreneurs and as business owners um, and we get lost. And then it's five years later and it's like, wait, this was not what I had in mind for this business. Where did my stake in the ground go? Like going so far off track. So I think it's, it's of course, listening to our customers, listening to what's being asked and tying that into how can I solve this problem in a way that feels really good for me? And sometimes that also means delegating or referring to someone else or a different service. Or sometimes that just means being creative and how I can show up and, and go at that problem again in a way that feels good for me, which in turn will benefit everyone far better than any other mode. Mm, certainly. Yeah. Something that we, we talk around uh, generated quite often is, um, you know, continue, continue practicing your expertise continue running with uh, what you're an expert in. Um, and yes, there's, you know, facets of, well, that's common sense, right? We've talked a lot about common sense, maybe just had a, you know, uh, we've cleaned the windshield off a little bit for us to understand that today. Um, but uh, another layer to uh, when we talk with startup founders about, you know, continuing to be their expert, it's okay if you're not, you know, touching every aspect of your market, you know, it's okay if you're not running down those avenue. Um, and actually a point that you bring up Marin, which is really exciting for uh, a local economy is if you know someone that, you know, meets the expertise of a customer interested in yours for the wrong reason, referrals are great. You know, if you, if you think about how that uh, cycle hopefully goes in, um, you know, for example, our Twin Cities ecosystem, hopefully that brings a lot of people that really need what you provide to your doorstep. Uh, and I think that that, uh, you know, kind of that sharing platform for um, our network is, uh, is important uh, and it plays into running in your lane, knowing your market, which in turn leads to, you know, an operating business that knows their company and knows their strengths. Um, so I'd love to, you know, bucket that up, send it out to our, um, our attendees as well. Uh, know your strengths, know where you're playing and what plays really well and know others around you, whether they're, you know, part of your business or not. Uh, and play to that. You can certainly send people on to um, other opportunities and, uh, and other es experts as it makes sense uh, and, and hope to, that your labor will not be in vain uh, running down your lane uh, and being, being the expert that you are. Um, I know that we're at time here. I've been utterly blessed by uh, all three of you joining here today. Uh, this has been fantastic. I have three pages done of notes um, while, while we're going through all of this and uh, I'm super, super glad to have had you all here. 